We're here with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency, and we're taking the show on the road again. Uh, Today, we are at the Seasons of Hope Center, and we're talking with Paige Page. She's the Executive Director for Seasons of Hope. Just kind of uh, talk a little bit about what Seasons of Hope is and uh, what they do here and the services they provide. Paige, I appreciate you coming out and, uh, and doing this. Thank for you me for today. having me today. I say coming out. I came out here letting <laughs> you come right. out here <laughs> and, uh, and do this. So um, I guess, first of all, let's just kind of talk about what exactly is the Seasons of Hope Center. I've heard of Seasons of Hope. I, of course, kind of have an idea about what you guys do, but uh, for the listeners, uh, explain exactly what Seasons of Hope is. All right. Well, Seasons of Hope Center is a refuge for women. They, they either have experienced or are experiencing some type of brokenness, whether it's addiction, incarceration, abuse, whatever that may look like. And so they, we want them to be a safe place. That's why we call it a refuge. We are not a rehab. And so that's a, there's a little bit of difference there. Okay. And they come out to our property and hopefully they're going to live here for about a year and it's just a safe place for them to come. We have um, our byline states that we are restoring women, redeeming lives and reuniting families. So not only do we want to help you, we want to help the whole you and the reuniting families is very big for me, especially Mm -hmm. because a lot of the ladies that come through do have children. Okay. And so we hope that they get reunited with their children, but um, we hope that each woman that becomes a part of the program really sees who they are for themselves and that there is hope out there and that they can get better. And so we want to work with them not only as a group, but as individuals. Sure. It's important. Each one that comes in has a different background they've come from. Right. Okay. So uh, you, you kind of touched on this just now, but let's go Oh, more, maybe more in depth. What issues must a woman be facing to qualify to enter this program? Is there, is there certain criteria? You, you said some level of brokenness, and you you gave a lot yeah. of different different examples. Um, it, are there? I guess. Well, I guess what I'm asking, what must a woman be going through to come here? You kind of touched on that, really. right? And they don't necessarily have to be going through it at the moment. It depends on how they come to us. Okay. You know, like what avenue they come from. We do would like you to be 21 or older. I will say that. Um, but most of our women have, have experienced like addiction, abuse, incarceration, or some type of trauma where, say, for instance, like an unstable relationship, the death of a spouse or a loved one. Sorry. Oh, you're good. And, um, you're good. Like something like that. Or what about the uh, unstable family life? Lots mm-hmm. of our women come out of an unstable family life, meaning there's probably been drugs and alcohol in their family dynamic. Okay. And so any of that, and really what we're asking is somebody that really wants to get well, that wants to get better, that truly is going to put the work in. To, to move their life from the way they are making their choices they're making to, you know, a 360 of making other okay. choices. Um, and so the, the way that they come to us is all different kinds of ways. We get referrals like from ADAC, Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council, from Family Crisis Center, from the judicial system, probation, parole, 
Lots of times you'll have um, a friend will call okay. and, hey, my friend really needs help. We've had grandmothers, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, brothers. Everybody has called, which I think is I kind of like because it gives me the opportunity to say, yay, they have a good support system. So a lot of times they'll call and that's how the relationship gets started. The other way that we have people come to us is, um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the um, the county jails or the Texas prison system, but you have to snail mail most things nowadays. And so we go back and forth with that kind of thing. And so I do have correspondence with them. Okay, all right. Um, how many, so if, if a woman... Um, enters the program here at Seasons of Hope, uh, are they required to stay here? Are, are they off-site, or do they need to be here? They need to here? be on property. Okay. Um, we do have a house that we can hold up to six women at one time. Okay. And so they live in a... It's a home. It's like a ranch-style home with the living room, mm-hmm. kitchen, you know, bedrooms, all that kind of thing. But it is common living. So... There's a lot of, that goes on, di- you know, with the dynamics of mm-hmm. that. But yes, they stay here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, you know, on your website and in uh, the brochures and everything that you have to promote Seasons of Hope, one of your biggest um, things that you emphasize, and I guess you can call it your selling point, that is, that the program is faith based. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important is that to you uh, or to the program to have that faith element? For me personally and for the program itself, I would I, we believe that the faith-based component is vitally important to the individual participants. I think it gives them an opportunity to have a basis for stability when they go into independent living or, or out in, mm-hmm. in the world. And if they build a strong faith base, it allows them also an access to a community of believers that gives them fellowship and support because when they... When they're here, we try to find a mentor for them. Okay. And it's really wonderful because it's somebody that's not staff, essentially. And so they just come, just walking alongside them, not doing anything special, just Mm -hmm. learning how to be in relationship. So when that faith-based component comes in, they, they have somebody they can depend on. The other thing that we do is each participant is every morning goes through, they go, they have devotion. Some woman comes in Monday through Friday from the community and they go over whatever they're going to go over, whatever's put on their heart. The other thing we do that uh, we've introduced in this last year is, and it's special to me personally, but there's a Bible study out there called Bible Study Fellowship. It's an international Bible study that connects people around the world to examine and discuss the Bible together. So in a, in a, like a real structured Mm -hmm. environment. So there's homework and all that kind of thing, but you get within, within that they, we go out and it's in a, in a place here in the community. So we go out and they, we sit in a group of 15 women. Okay. And so there's like four or five groups, but anyway, they, they get to understand the back and forth, I think. So this year we're studying the book of John and it goes for 30 weeks. Okay. Yeah, it goes September to May. Very wow. in-depth. I love it. I love it. We also have a curriculum here um, that's faith-based called Life Challenge. It's a self-paced uh, curriculum, which is really great for us because it doesn't matter where you come in. 
So if somebody comes in in January of this year and somebody else comes in in June, it doesn't matter. You start at. They're the not going to miss out on anything. They're not going to miss out. They're not going to be lost. Like what's going on? Or no. Anything like that. Because it's all self-paced. So like you might be working on one on addiction, and mm -hmm. I might be working on one that helps me make decisions. Okay. So everybody does a little bit different, but it's got all kinds of great. They're little packets of books, yeah. essentially, you go through, like decision-making, positive okay. life skills, living in community, those kinds of things. Okay. <laughs> well, another, another big element here is the equine therapy, mm -hmm. and it's it's very obvious when you drive up onto the property. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about that. How, oh, why, why the equine therapy? Well, you know, horses are really highly sensitive animals, and so... When I, when I first came on property, I'll be honest, I was not a horse person, did not understand horses, was scared of them, wouldn't even get in the pasture with them. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. But I began to understand why horses are used in therapy of all kinds. You know, they use uh, horse therapy on children quite a bit, too. And it gives, the, it gives whoever the client is a way to work through their life struggles without anybody telling them anything, the horse doesn't judge them. And okay. so I think it's just, I don't know. I think that the horse somehow instinctively knows through our body language and our nonverbal cues. I don't know how they do this. It's amazing, but they can see you. It's kind of sort of like a mirror. And if you've ever experienced it, I, d I don't personally go out there when the therapy's going on because it's really a one-on-one -on -one between the therapist and the participant. But I have watched horses when someone's stubborn for instance that horse will put his feet down and he won't move and the girl can't get him to move and she can't figure out why she can't get him to move and she's so stubborn <laughs> it's they're just the coolest animals so generally what happens is when somebody when a um, participant comes they kind of adopt one of the horses as their own you can watch the relationship grow which i think is really good because it gives them a basis for building trust because animals are good at that right how um, how do your uh, uh, the ladies here, your, your clients, uh, react to the horses? Do you, you said you were kind of uh, mm -hmm. a little standoffish about horses when you first got here. Yeah. Do you ever have any women that come here that are like, oh, no, I'm not going to go near a horse? Yes, we <laughs> definitely have that. Because, you know, they're, they're over a 1,000 pounds. They're big animals. Sure. And you do have to have respect for them. But yet at the same time, they can be very gentle. And so, yeah, we have, it's interesting to watch. There are some women that come in, you can tell they've had horses in their background uh -huh. at some point, probably as a child. Other ones may not, but they're real animal lovers okay. and they connect. It's yeah. the strangest thing. And then you have the me's of the world who go, oh dear, I'm not sure what, <laughs> I'm not sure what's about to happen. But one thing horses will do, they will teach you to uh, learn what your obstacles are. Okay. And then the therapist works with, the ladies to say, how do you overcome an obstacle in a healthy way? Which I think okay. is really, really great. Yeah. How long is the program? When, when someone comes here and they check in, how long is it, how long are they here before they're, they, they complete the program? Our, the goal is for them to be here for a year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I 
did not realize it yeah. was that long. Well, what happens, this is just my, my opinion, I think it takes a long time when your way of thinking and your choices have led you down one path, you have to change your thinking and choices to lead down probably a path that's a little more successful. Okay. And so that's why it takes a long time. Uh, I will say that a lot of our women do come out of incarceration through county jails or, or the state prison system. And um, a lot of them are, st- when I say starting over, literally from the beginning, I got to get a driver's license. I need a social So you're talking about card. literally having to start a new life. Mm-hmm. You started a whole new life. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of the first three months are spent working on those kinds of things. And we want to establish you, what do you need for your mental or physical health mm-hmm. needs? And then, um, you know, we have different classes and um, like we have a grief class, for instance, that there's a lady in the community that she and her husband wrote a grief curriculum for the prisons out in okay. Dieball. And so she adapted it for us here. And because grief to me is a huge, um, what do you want to call it? Like jumping off point where a lot of mm-hmm. people go down a path they don't need to. Sure. You know, and grief is, as you know, comes right. in lots of different ways. It's not just mm-hmm. death. And so it's good to explore that. So a lot of those first three to six months are spent doing that. Then we would want to go into a time where, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Like with yourself, are you wanting to get education or do you want to, do you need to get a job? Like what, what's your path? And then towards the latter part of the year, we hope you go to work so that you can save money, but yet still live out here. But we are a voluntary program. So you can walk out the front door anytime you want. Right, right. Do you have a waiting list? Is, no, we is, do is, not. Is there a waiting list? I was mm-hmm. just wondering, like, if someone, you say, you know, you can house six people. I don't right. know if you're ever full. If, like, all six beds are occupied, someone says, hey, I'm interested in enrolling in this program. Do they, you, do they have to wait sometimes? Yeah, they would have to wait if it was, if we were full. We don't, we normally run probably about three to five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's a big commitment if you've come out of what's called the free, meaning you're out in the world, you're living and you have to come here. We don't have the, the participants don't have cell phones and that's a big deal. And so (laughs) (laughs) if you, if you, if you've been running around with your own cell phone and all that, but the reason for that is, is to get you to have time to concentrate on yourself, you know, to pull you in, to be able to focus so Uh that you can focus on what you personally need to focus on, Sure, you know, um, so what other elements do you use? You know, we talked about the faith, it, it, the program being faith-based and the, and the equine therapy. What other things do you get the, the ladies involved in to, um, as part of the program? Well, there's quite a few little things, but one of the things that we really want to teach is responsibility. Because a lot of times our clients that come through have really not learned day-to-day you know how like you get up every day and you go, oh, I've got to go to work today and I'm going to get up and I'm going to blah, 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 do mm-hmm. all my stuff. That's not how their lives have necessarily been lived, especially if you've been in addiction. So we want to take any aspect we can and help them learn responsibility. Okay. So they live in a common home out here. So they take, we want it, we want them to, that's their home. You got to take care of that. Sure. So they work together as a group to do that. They work together as a group to take care of the horses and the dogs and the other animals that are on here. The other thing they do as a group is grounds maintenance. We have 34 acres here and um, they help. We don't mow all of it, but we have, you know, mowing and weed eating and 
engine repair of all our little all our yeah. equipment which they can learn all kinds of stuff one of the things i really like though that we have is gardening we have a do a vegetable garden in the spring so the girls help to design it to plant it to nourish it to take mm-hmm. care of it weed it that which is not fun but uh, <laughs> but it, i think it allows each woman to see what happens like i've got a plan and if i do if i'm consistent every day with this this is the product i get so sure. in, in real life if we get up and go to work every day, yeah, you exactly. know, so, um, we have creative arts, right. we have, uh, that, that is part of that. So anyway, okay. well, other besides you, how many folks do you have here that help uh, facilitate and run, run the operation? Well, thank you for asking that because we right now I'm kind of running solo, but we do have my program director just recently retired. And so we are looking for a program director and she spends most of her time with the ladies, meaning she's going to, when you come in, she's going to walk with you to figure out what you personally, what your goal is. And so a lot of times what we'll do, we'll, we'll have a, like a 12 month goal month Mm -hmm. by month. So we start at month 12 and work backwards so what does it take to get there? So you, what is your ultimate goal? Do I want to go to work? Do I want to be reunited with my children or my, okay. do I have to work through CPS case? Do I have court mm-hmm. issues? I need to take care of like that kind of thing. Right, but right. she works diligently with them to figure that out. Then we do have a whole slew of volunteers. I was going to say, obviously you probably have to rely on a lot of uh, mm-hmm. folks to come out here and volunteer yes. their time and efforts. Yes. Lots of volunteers yeah. Um, from outside things to inside things to classes to, you know, there's some, there's a lot of women that come in and they just, they have so many talents. Sometimes I think that they don't realize they have, and there's lots of opportunity to be able to come out and just hang out. Mm -hmm. Some of these ladies, especially the ones that come out of incarceration, they tend to not be trust. They don't like, they don't trust easily. So it's nice to see that you can have relationship with other people and trust them. And they, yeah. they don't really want anything out of you. They just, they just want to sit and talk with you and, mm-hmm. and, you know, cause sometimes we'll go to the movies or we'll go to have coffee or whatever, right. you know, whatever, just day to day life, sure, those kinds of sure. things. So. How long has this program been in operation? How did it get, how did all of this get started? Well, back in 2006, there is a woman that currently lives in Lufkin and it was her dream or vision, whatever way you want to look at it, that she wanted a place for women that, that have this, some type of brokenness mm-hmm. to come to. And so, um, it took them about two or three years and they put together the property, which is now our, our 34 acres. Okay. And they it partnered with a local church in town and built our dormitory or our cottage, as we call it, where the ladies live. And that, uh, I think in 2009, that was built in 2010, the first ladies graduated. Okay. And okay. so it's been in existence for a long time, you know, yeah. but we're still in the process of growing it. When I came here in 2019 and, um, I'm probably more on the administrative bent than, mm-hmm. than another way. And so we're get, got all policies and procedures and sure. all that stuff. Cause sure. you got, you got to have a base, you know, all that. All that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, if someone is listening to this and they say, hey, you know what, either I'm interested in this program or I know someone who is, uh, how can they get in touch with you or just get more information on Seasons of Hope uh, and how to uh, go from there, find out maybe how to get started with this program if that's something that they're wanting to do? 
Well, thank you for asking that because we're always looking. We do have an application process. A lot of people don't know about that, but um, if you, you can either, obviously you can mail us something, but you can call in. Our main number is 936-875-1900 and just talk talk mm-hmm. to us because I want everyone up front to kind of know like what the expectations of the program are and we want to make sure that you're a good fit for us but we really want to be a good fit for you mm-hmm. because I want you to be successful you right. know and so they would fill out the application and if they're if I have an opportunity I really want to talk to you face to face sometimes mm-hmm. I can't sometimes you know they come from different cities okay. um but if I have that opportunity, I'm going to sit there and talk to you. Okay. You were, something that I just, the pop, you said they come from different cities, from different cities. Uh, the ladies here, are they all from the East Texas area or can someone from Houston or Dallas or whatever mm-hmm. come here as well? Yeah. And I will say sometimes, uh, Stuart, when you're in addiction and you have a group that you hang out with doing that type of thing that's going mm-hmm. on, it's better if you get outside okay. of that. And so sometimes yes. it's better if you come from Houston or Dallas because you don't know anybody here. Right. But we've had people from all over the state, um, especially if they've come through the TDCJ. Okay. Then it then it makes it easier for them because then when you go around town, you don't know anyone. Yeah. You know. Right. And then you get stable enough, and a lot of times they won't even go back to their environment. There are several women living here in the community in Lufkin that have graduated from this program and they stay in Lufkin. Because okay. it's a safe place for them. And we're also here if something happens. Right. You right. know? Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, Paige Pate, uh, Executive Director of the Seasons of Hope Center, thank you for uh, taking some time and, and, and talking with me. This has been, uh, uh, I've learned a lot. Thank well, you. thank you. All I right. appreciate it. And again, if I uh, always like to end the podcast with our information, if you feel like you need the services of the Family Crisis Center, Uh, Don't forget, we do have that toll-free 800 hotline. That's 1-800-828-7233. Also, you can subscribe to Conversations and Connections via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much any podcast service of your choice. Remember, always be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.